tonight. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. The book of Acts. Lewis and Clark explored the Louisiana Purchase. And it was a big job. And it took them a long time to do it. And they were, uh, they were doing it under the um, Jefferson administration. They picked up supplies in Pittsburgh, sailed down the Ohio River, went over to St. Louis, picked up uh, some keelboats there, or picked up some other supplies, put together their exploration itinerary, and headed off into the wilderness. What's amazing about that whole trip is that Lewis and Clark were the two famous people a part of that. Both in charge, both working together, but about as unlike as two people could possibly be. And maybe it's best that it was in the wilderness that they had their fights and their skirmishes. And I, I mean that. I mean, they were so, can you imagine Lewis saying, oh, Clark, come on. Can you imagine Clark saying, Lewis, let's not do it that way. I mean, they were so diametrically opposed to one another that we wonder how they could possibly do what they did over that period of time and do it well. I was so impressed with Lewis and Clark that when I did my doctorate for uh, Commissioner Science for the BSA, I chose as my term paper, uh, how can people who are personality-wise totally different work together and get along? And um, I want you to see that today in Paul and Timothy. If you're in the New Testament, Book of Acts, I decided to use the Pew Bible today so that I could give you a page number or two, because we're going to look specifically at the life of Timothy. And when I think of Timothy and Paul working together, I kind of ask myself the question, wow, how did that work out? You know, Paul had previously proven to us that he had a problem with John Mark. John Mark was a believer who went with Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey, and then he deserted them. Barnabas wanted to take John Mark on the second missionary journey, but Paul said, no way. No way are we taking John Mark with us. He doesn't have what it takes. And they argued so much about it that Paul went on his second missionary journey without even Barnabas. He took Silas with him. So we're going to pick it up in Acts chapter 16. Now, let me say this as, as an introduction to some of the material that we're going to look at in just a minute. Timothy is one of those personalities in the Bible that is all through the New Testament. He's in, almost in half of the book of Acts. There are actually 12 books that refer to him. He is listed as a co-author of six of them. He had two addressed to him. And Paul sends him on some very special missions. But most of us don't know any of this about Timothy. 
When we think of Paul on a second missionary journey, we say, well, Paul took Silas with him. But the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 16, verses 1, and 3, 1 through 3, in the Pew Bible, 1274 is the page number. The Bible says that then he came to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. The one thing that Timothy had going for him was that he was saved and well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra, the hometown where he was from. Now, most likely he got saved on Paul's first missionary journey with Paul and Barnabas when they were at Lystra. The Bible tells us that when they were there, and there's information a little later, we'll just put it at the tail end here today, because what I'm doing here today is going through the chronological, chronological references to Timothy as they were given to us in the Bible. So right off the bat, we found out that Tim, find out that Timothy didn't come from a very good home life. It was a mixed marriage. You had a believer and you had an unbeliever. And that causes, generally speaking, that causes lots of problems. That's why believers who are married are praying constantly for their unbelieving spouses, right? Right? And that's why unbelieving spouses are constantly hoping that you won't get too much religion. But conflict is inevitable, and it certainly would have been the case here in Timothy's household but somewhere along the line Timothy by the way I don't know if you know this or not but he was he's the first second generation Christian who's mentioned in the Bible because his mother and his grandmother were saved before he was saved and the Bible says in verse 2 that he was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra so Luke is writing about Paul's second missionary journey he is talking about Paul in Asia Minor, and now Paul and the missionary group moves on with Timothy. Timothy is now going to help them establish churches all through Asia. They go down to Troas. They have this vision of this man from Macedonia who wants them to cross the Aegean Sea into Europe. They go into Europe. They go to the city of Philippi. You remember all the wonderful stuff that happens at Philippi. All the trying stuff as well. Then they go to Thessalonica. Then they go to Berea. And every time they move from one city to another city, problems develop for them. But I want you to pick it up now at the second reference to Timothy in chapter 17, verse 14, which is page 1276 in your pew Bible. Then immediately when Paul was in Berea, and he has been personally insulted and assaulted because of his relationship with the Lord. The Bible says then immediately in verse 14, the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea. But both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens, and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. Now, your Bible, all most Bibles have maps in the back. 
It's a good time maybe to say to yourself, boy, this is going to get confusing for me. I can't picture any of this. I've never been there. I don't know the road system. I don't know where the cities are located. It would sure be helpful if I did. might be a good time for you in our daily Bible reading to go to those maps in the back and look at Paul's three missionary journeys and just trace them a little bit and get familiar with these places. A lot of them are very historic. A lot of them are very uh, well known. But the Bible tells us that Timothy and Silas stay back at Berea. Paul goes to Athens and he is instructed then. They are instructed by those who conducted Paul to Athens to come with all speed as quickly as they can. So Paul goes from Athens eventually to Corinth. Chapter 18. Let's look at chapter 18, verse 1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And when he went to Corinth, the Bible tells us that in verse 5, Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia. Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. Notice how much he seems to be relieved about sharing that now. Notice how much he seems to be more at ease about sharing that, if you can read between the lines. Because Silas and Timothy had come from their special mission to stay back at Berea and see if they could encourage those in this situation. Now, I want to say this to you, that in chapter 18, verse 11... The Bible tells us that Paul, when he got to Corinth, stayed there for a year and six months teaching the Word of God among the people there. So if I were to be chronological with you, I would have to say at that verse of Scripture in verse 11, we have the two letters of First and Second Thessalonians that Paul writes to the believers from Corinth. And so I'm flipping over to 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. It's after the prison epistles. It's before the pastoral epistles. And they're very short passages of Scripture, very short letters, on page 1356 in your pew Bible if you're following along in that. If you brought your own Bible, you probably are familiar enough to get there with it. So I want you to notice in 1 Thessalonians, several months after Paul is in Corinth and he gets good word back from Timothy, he writes these two letters. But notice what it says. Paul, Silas, or Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians. Timothy is really involved in the work. He's really a part of what's going on. Now, Paul gives us a little more information on what was happening at Thessalonica in chapter 3, verse 1 and following. We don't have this information in Acts. We know Paul is worried. We know Paul is concerned. But look at chapter 3, verse 1 and following. Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to what? to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. And you're automatically saying at this point, well, it seems like Paul and Timothy are a pretty good match. 
Seems like they're working well. Paul sends him on a special mission, and he does this time and time and time again. And when Paul sends him on a special mission, you got to really trust the person you're sending on a mission. And then in verse 6, the Bible tells us this was at Athens. So, so there's a visit here that isn't recorded in Acts where Timothy is sent back to Athens to do these things and then finally bring word back to Paul. And in verse 6 it says, But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love, etc., 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 we're okay. We're okay. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1, he writes a second letter about three months later from Corinth, and he writes it to the Thessalonians. And what does he say? Once again, Paul, everybody together, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, go back to Acts chapter 19, because chronologically, the Apostle Paul is in Corinth, but he's getting ready to finish his second missionary journey. So he sails from Corinth across the Aegean Sea to the city of Ephesus, and there from Ephesus he makes his trip back to the city of Antioch, his home-sending church on his missionary journey. And no sooner does he get back home in verse 23 of Acts chapter 18, the Bible says he spent some time there, but then he decided to go back over the territory that he covered on his first missionary journey, on his second missionary journey, and now on his third missionary journey. He goes to Asia Minor. And then he heads off to the city of Ephesus on the coastline, next to the Aegean Sea, south of Troas, or Troy. Troas, yes, and Troy. And, 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 and he waits for the Lord to work. And when he gets to Ephesus, the Bible says in chapter 19, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, forget that information, we can't include that, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions of Asia Minor, came to Ephesus. Now I'll go over to verse 20 of chapter 19. What happened while he was at Ephesus? The word of the Lord did what? It grew mightily and prevailed. It grew mightily and prevailed. And chronologically, during verse 20 is when he wrote, as best as we can determine, 1 Corinthians. Now I want you to pay attention to this for just a moment. Turn in your Bibles to first keep, you might want to keep your thumb there in Acts chapter 19 and turn to 1 Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians, we have several references to Timothy. He is not on the list of authors. Paul and Sosthenes are the ones who are writing this letter and sending it off. But the reason why is because Timothy has been sent on a mission, a special mission to Corinth itself. Let's look at chapter 4, verse 17. For this reason, he gives the reason. The reasons are your church needs work. The reasons are coming out of paganism, you still don't know what it's like to look like a Christian. You still don't know what it's like to act like a Christian. You're still hanging on to a lot of the former conduct that you had before you were saved. 
And so in verse 17 it says, I have sent Timothy to you who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. So if he was well spoken of, and by the way, you know, when you think of, uh, when you, you know, reputation is very important. A testimony is very, very important. And the Apostle Paul loved Timothy in spite of their differences. He loved Timothy, no doubt, because he was a faithful son in the Lord. Did he make a lot of mistakes? I think Paul thought so. Did he, uh, was he poor in judgment in some times? I think Paul thought so. But the two things going for Timothy that we learn up to this point is he had a great reputation as a believer. And number two, he was faithful. He was faithful. He didn't stop being faithful. He never said to the Apostle Paul, no matter how hard the job was, no matter how difficult, he didn't say to Paul, like we used to say, I'm going to take my ball and go home. He never did that. He never did that. And so the Bible says in chapter 4, 17, now go, go to the end of 1 Corinthians to chapter 16. Chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 12, uh, uh, it's 1,325. And notice what he says. He writes this letter and it gets to them before Timothy arrives. And notice what it says. And if Timothy comes, verse 10, and if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear. Guys, you're going to have to work with Timothy. Timothy is by nature fearful. Timothy is by nature timid. Timothy is by nature very reticent. Timothy is by nature not the go-getter kind of a guy that you would expect. You see why I brought up John Mark? I, it seemed like Paul didn't have much patience for people who in this modern day, you know, I've heard preachers, I've heard preachers talk about people in their congregations and say, well, he's a loser. He's a winner. He's a loser. He's never going to amount to anything. This guy's going to go far. I, you know, have you ever heard that kind of stuff? I don't think Paul ever said that Timothy was a loser in spite of the fact that they were diametrically opposed in personality. Notice what he says in verse 11. Therefore, let no one despise him. He's going to be easily despised. He's young. We know he was very young at the time. Therefore, let no one despise him, but send him on his journey in peace. Don't hassle him. Don't give him problems that he may come to me, for I am waiting for him with the brethren. Now, let's go back to Acts chapter 19. We said that 1 Corinthians was written probably around verse 20 of chapter 19. Let's look at chapter 19, verses 21, 22. All right. In chapter 19, verses 21 and 22, when Paul was there and the word of God grew mightily in Ephesus, when these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in his spirit, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, he purposed to cross the agency, go into Europe, and once again work among the churches in Europe. And then he said, I'm going to go to Rome as well. So what did he do when Timothy came back from, first, from, the, from, uh, from the Corinthian church? 
in verse 22. He sent into Macedonia two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a time. He sends Timothy on another special mission. He sends Timothy on a mission to scout out the territory. When I think of sending someone ahead to prepare the way, to get things ready, I think of a scout. I do this all the time on the highway. I send out scouts on the highway all the time. To anybody who passes me on the highway, I say, we're sending you out to flush out the state police. <laughs> you know, when you're the point man, when you're the guy who is sent first, there's a lot of work that you have to do. You almost don't always know what's ahead of you. You've got to plan well. You've got to be alert. And Paul decided to send Timothy uh, along with one other believer to do that job. To do that job. Now, what I want you to notice, though, is 2 Corinthians. Because if 1 Corinthians was written during that period of time in 1920, then 2 Timothy, as best as we can determine, was written during the time of chapter 20, verse 1. So think about this for a minute. After the uproar had ceased, Paul called the disciples. Paul stayed at Ephesus. And you remember when he stayed at Ephesus, there was a big riot there in the theater. And Paul had stayed there for, he was there for a couple of years or so. And the Bible tells us that after this uproar had ceased, Paul called the disciples to himself, embraced them, and he then decided. Now, don't forget, Timothy is already in Macedonia. He's been there for a while. But he's also decided to go into Macedonia himself. Do you see that? And so in, verse, uh, in chapter 20, verses 21 and 22, the, uh, in, chapter, in chapter 20, verse 1, he goes into Macedonia. And when he's in Macedonia, this is when he writes 2 Corinthians, as best as we can tell. So in 2 Corinthians, go back to 2, go to 2 Corinthians. Our Bibles are not listed in, the books are not listed in chronological order, but I want you to see this. This is very, very important. This tells us something about Timothy, who loved the Lord deeply. But Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. Paul's now in Macedonia. He's met up with Timothy. Timothy is a part of everything. And Paul writes a letter to the Corinthians. Now, look at chapter 1, verse 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him, yes. We were positive about preaching the gospel to you. All three of us did it. I want you to look at chapter 2 now, verse 12. I know I'm picking things out of the direct context, but I think you can put them together to understand the circumstance. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit, because I did not find Timothy, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I departed for Macedonia. Is that what it says? Oh, you say, Pastor, you made a mistake. Not Timothy, it's Titus. And if you'll read the rest of 2 Corinthians and you'll look at the ministry, you'll notice that Timothy is not mentioned. You'll notice it's Titus. 
Chapter 7, verse 5, For indeed when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, inside were fears. Nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. He's mentioned again twice in that chapter. He's mentioned again in chapter 8, twice. He's mentioned again towards the end of chapter uh, uh, 12. And the point that I want to make is this. When Paul writes 1 Corinthians, he sends Timothy. Apparently, Timothy couldn't change things in Corinth. His special mission was unsuccessful. He met up with the Apostle Paul, but Paul had had to make a decision on everything he was heard, he was hearing, that he had to send somebody else. He had to send Titus. And he sent Titus to do the work that Timothy was unable to do. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Now, you and I already know that Timothy... We have enough information, but when we finish this, uh, which we've got to do real quick now. By the way, Paul wrote Romans when he got into Macedonia and went to Greece. He wrote Romans, and Timothy is mentioned as one of those who's greeting the church uh, at Rome. And then I want you to go back to chapter, Acts chapter 28, the very last chapter in the book of Acts. And we'll try to wrap this up now and... and uh, um, well, let me just do a lightning speed through this. In Acts chapter 28, Paul is on his way to Rome. When he gets to Rome, Paul is able to live in his hired house for two years. And in his hired house for two years, in his rented house, it's probably an apartment building with a courtyard. He was probably allowed to go to the courtyard in chains, could sit by the fountain, and people could come and visit him. House arrest, far different than it was going to be when he was in prison in 2 Timothy. But the thing that you and I want to keep in mind is when Paul is in the book, when Paul is at, at Rome under house arrest for two whole years, Timothy is with him. Timothy is with him. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says he's part of the letter, Paul and Timothy. In chapter 2, verses 19 to 23, Paul is getting ready to send Timothy to Philippi. And I want you to notice what he says in verses 19, 20, 21, 22, and 23. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. No one like-minded for the personality differences? No one like-minded who will care for your estate. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once as soon as I see how it goes with me. What do we say the two things were going for, for Timothy? Was it his, what his, his enormous courage? No. Was it his outgoing personality? No. Was it his, uh, was it his, uh, what his, his, his uh, he cautiously waited before he made decisions? No. 
So two things going for Timothy was that he had a great reputation, a great testimony because he loved the Lord. And number two, number two, he was faithful in the ministry. Another word for faithful, and the one I like the best, is loyal. He was loyal in the ministry. He's also mentioned in Colossians. He's also mentioned in Philemon, two other books that were written during this time period. After he is released, the Bible tells us that Paul goes on missionary journeys again for uh, several years. And he writes in 1 Timothy, he writes a letter to Timothy, the first letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy. And he gives us lots of great information there in 1 Timothy. And then he writes 2 Timothy, and we'll end with 2 Timothy here this morning. I want you to go to the book of 2 Timothy, because after several years of being free to share the gospel, and Paul sending Timothy on special missions, finally to Ephesus, where he writes 1 Timothy. Timothy is probably still at Ephesus when Paul is in prison in Rome, and Paul writes these words. All right, 2 Timothy, page 1366. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son in the faith. Verse 5, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. When I'm reminded, I want you to stir up the gift that God has given to you. He has not given us a spirit of fear, Timothy, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Chapter 2, verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 10 of chapter 3. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, what's happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, Timothy's hometown. You saw how the Lord used those experiences. But I want you in verse 14 to continue in the things which you've learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you've learned them, that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, verse 15. Now I know that this is a technical approach. This is what I don't call this a sermon. I call this an encouragement for those who are in the daily Bible reading. And maybe to encourage you to dig deeper into the maps and into the personalities and into the books associated with what we're reading here. But Timothy, Timothy, if I were to summarize Timothy, I would say he was an excellent example of a Christian and a great choice for the Apostle Paul, even though his weaknesses included, he didn't grow up on the right side of the track, so to speak, in one way, in another way. God was faithful. He was young and despised because of his youth, People probably criticized him in Corinth all of the time and refused to listen to him. And he was so timid in his nature that he probably never confronted things head on if he could just sit back and watch. The Corinthians are a great example 
of a church that was like having uncontrollable kids who Timothy didn't know what on the earth to do with. Now, his strengths, one, his what? His reputation, his testimony. Number two, his loyalty, his faithfulness. So let me conclude with this. Let me conclude with this. I'll cut everything else out, and I'll conclude with this. Paul, in writing to Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9, says to him, Be diligent to come to me quickly. This is the last time Paul's going to write anything. Paul's going to be taken from prison, and he's going to be killed. He's going to be, he's going to be killed for his faith. He's going to be beheaded by the Roman government. You all know the story. You know Nero was trying to, trying to, um, trying to blame somebody for the problems in Rome and the fire of Rome. You know that. And you know that uh, this happened around that period of time. And so uh, Paul is one of the casualties of that policy of Nero. But he says while he's in prison in Rome, Paul's in prison in Rome, be diligent to come to me. Verse 10, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, gone back to Thessalonica where he's probably from. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. Get Mark, get John Mark, says the Apostle Paul to Timothy, and bring him with you because he is useful to me for ministry. He talks about other people here, but in verse 13, it's winter time, winter's coming on. He says, bring the cloak that I left it with Carpus at Troas when you come and the books, and especially the parchments. And then finally, in verse 21, he says, Do your utmost to come before winter. Not only was Timothy faithful and loyal to Paul and the ministry of the gospel, and a great example of a Christian, even though he didn't have all of the personality uh, things that a lot of people in our modern world would require for that particular job. Paul was faithful to Timothy. What a relationship. What a relationship. So we're introducing Timothy to you, and uh, there are a lot of other great things there. But let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we have these illustrations that are so personal that give us insights into how two people could work together even though they, they were different in their energy levels and they were different in the way they approached things. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you remind all of us that if there's going to be a revival in this country, all of us need to get to work. All of us need to do something for the kingdom. All of us need to share your word one by one with those that we know and as often as we possibly can. Lord, when Timothy and Paul did that, the world was changed, along with all of the others who helped. And we pray, Lord, that that will be our, our desire. And Lord, that we won't get hung up on the differences that we have between us and the personality issues uh, that we have. Uh, in Jesus, your precious name we pray. Amen. Okay.